But then, so what, what was the date? It was around, around the pandemic, right? For what, when we actually became a business? When I, when I wrote the post on Facebook. Yeah, so we, I think it was probably two to two and a half months after we made them. We were like, let's just throw it out there and see what the response is. Nikki so, posted, it was pandemic. No one wanted to see each other. I wasn't being extra careful. There was a curbside pickup page on, on Facebook, Facebook for Middletown Township with like 80,000 people on it. And Nikki was like, would anyone want like family, like small batch cinnamon buns? Like we make, we're, we're making them now. And the response was like immediate. And we were like, Mike was freaking out. Shit, we can't make this. Yeah. I was like excited about it. I was excited about the response. There was like 20 or so people. And this was like, mind you, we made one batch of cinnamon buns for our family one time. And I'm telling Mike, I'm like, Mike, this is going to blow up. We're, we're going to be famous. We're going to be rich. This is crazy. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Nikki, Mike, cheers. 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 Welcome water. to the Fireside America. <laughs> Thank Thanks for you. having us. I think we first connected like four months back. I think mm -hmm. we originally had a, a date booked and I think you had some LASIK surgery or something you had to go through. Yeah. Or, so this has been uh, in the works for a little while. Um, for the guests that are going to watch it that are your fans, which you have like a cult-like following, I don't want that to be negative connotation. Like it's awesome what you guys have both built. But this show is about turning around and helping young business owners and your story and everything that you guys have been through. And then also talking to you tonight where you're looking to take this. Um, you guys are perfect guests for the show. And uh, I'm really pumped to have you on the fire. So, so thank you for coming. Cheers. Thank Appreciate you for you having, having us. us. Yeah. So Mavs. Top buns, not Maves. Mavs, ma not Maves. <laughs> you confusing me now. What's her name? Please no. <laughs> so... Middletown guy, born and raised, Long yes, Island, Smithtown. Mm -hmm. um, my wife's from Long Island, so I'm yeah. very familiar with it. The drive suck, right, Mike? God, it's the worst drive. It's the worst <laughs> drive ever. Every we haven't been I'm back. There, I'm like, how do people who have sales positions and they have to go places all day, like, how do they operate? Her dad used to commute for, what, 20 years? Two hours, city? both way, yep, the to LIRR. the city. And he, ins well, he also drove at one point because oh, he doesn't gosh. like Poor guy. people. The but train, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot getting in and out of there, but yeah, it's thankfully a lot of we don't have to do that but anymore. But you made it to Jersey. Made it to Jersey and not planning on leaving anytime soon, so. <laughs> Every time the people finally come down, they're like, you know, this place ain't bad, you know? It's not like the Jersey Shore uh, show pre you know, presents it as. I'm like, why not? Exactly. It's not that bad. So jumping into your story a little bit, to fast forward, obviously you guys, high school, college, did your thing. You guys meet at an advertising agency working in the pharma space. Yep. Talk about that story. And Mike, you gave us a brief version of it earlier. Yeah, absolutely. So I joined uh, my first pharmaceutical advertising agency. Nikki joined about a month later. Um, pharma space, no one's familiar with anything. So they have to give you a ton of classes to sort of get you up to speed. Um, a lot of it's high science, a lot of it's process. So this one class, especially high science, um, the class is packed. I'm like the last one in the class. Um, and at the end, they give you a quiz. Everyone failed the quiz. <laughs> and at the end, I'm looking at the paper, and I pull out a Good Burger quote, and I, I'm looking at it, and I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I know some of these words. And one person laughed in the entire class, and it was Nikki, from across the room, couldn't see her, had the best laugh I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, but you still make me laugh. I always do. You really do, and you're always like, I'm not funny, but like, I, I think you're hilarious, so yeah. that's... 
That's all that matters. That's all that matters, right? Thank yeah. One day she'll catch on. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked her. <laughs> but she came up to me after the class. And she introduced herself. She had wild, crazy, like, scarlet red hair. And I forgot her name immediately because I'm terrible at names. So I go up to her desk like 20 minutes later. You should have known that, though. What? You, with the hair, you should have been like, this is too crazy for me. And I'm about to go on, like, a crazy wild ride because this woman is insane. I, I took the risk. Yeah. I took the risk. I went up to her desk like 20 minutes later. And I was like, I don't think your name is in our company's... Uh, instant messaging platform, how do you spell your last name? So I could look her up in the directory, my little smooth trick, and it worked. I got her name, we started talking, we were best friends for a long time. We did like four advertising agencies together over the span of six years-ish, and it's been a wild ride ever since. And you guys have two children. Mm-hmm. Maverick Obs- and Marley. I was going Maverick, obviously, Marley. Yeah. Both great names. Yeah. And how old are your children? Four and two. Four and two. Yeah. So you guys are in the uh, advertisement agency. Were you both in New York City or Jersey City, Hoboken? Um, so I was commuting we from were, Middletown. You yeah, were commuting we were, from Long Island. And then we, when we started, when we lived together, that was uh, Long Island City. She was yeah. living in Williamsburg at the time. In mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Um, when we started dating. So yeah. I, I stayed over Williamsburg a lot to make the commute easy as well. Um, and then we moved in Long Island City. It was a very quick relationship. Mm. Like his mom would be like, "Why are you not coming home anymore? Like, what's going on?" Like we he were was best always, friends for so we long. We were best before. friends, but he was like always with me. There was a time that we enjoyed were in, being together. We did, but um, we would go our separate ways. We were in Penn Station, and he, I would go LIR. He would go NJ Transit, whatever. What's it called? It was NJ Transit. NJ Transit, whatever. And um, we would just go our separate ways. But there were times where we would like you know, fall asleep in Penn Station together and, like, get woken up by the cops because he'd be like, uh, your last train's leaving. Like, you guys got to go. And so, you know. Love at first Yeah, we literally were inseparable. But that's why I always say, like, what we have works because we've been working together for so long. Yeah. Like, from the very beginning, we've learned the dynamic of working together. It's not easy. No, it's not. It's definitely not. But Point out a nugget. You know, I like to drop nuggets for people watching. What would you say your top two things are and either one of you can answer, that make it work? You go first, though. Um, For me, I would say definitely focusing on your relationship first and, like, putting work out of your mind when you're together. It's mm-hmm. easier said than done when you own your business because when Mike and I go out to dinner, sometimes we're, like, talking shop yeah. as it's a meeting, and then I'm like, wait, we need to just be us and be us as a couple. Um, so definitely that. Definitely put it aside when you can. Not easy. Not easy, no. I would say our dynamic in general, our balance that we have. Nikki's very straightforward, blunt. She's a fire. And I'm very calm. Um, and I think that give and take, there's not too much get up and go. There's not too much hold back. Let's see where we are. It's kind of like we help each other get to where we need to be. So we're a, we're a balanced team. Right. Yeah, and that's in any relationship, whether it be work, marriage, you know, having those different personalities is huge. Mm-hmm. That's hard though sometimes when I'm like ready to go and ready to do something and he's kind of like giving like holding the reins back and I'm like <laughs> a little headbutting a little headbutting and, and that in because I just want to go but then I'll sleep on it and be like you know what you're probably right to slow me down there probably right you yeah know? and that's the great counterbalance my wife does that for me I'm the spitfire mm-hmm. she's very calm easy going um, totally get it but I wanted to drive home the point of you guys were both commuting when you f- had your first kid, right? So now you're working for this big company. You both are probably really busy commuting into the city. 
advertising is a lot of work for people that don't know, especially pharma, right? A little boring. Yeah. And when you're on launches, you're working 80 plus hours a week. It was to the point where I was having health issues at like 24, 25 years old. Stressed out. I was getting heart palpitations. I was seeing a cardiologist. I had like a monitor I had to wear, like a halter monitor, because they were like, you're working so often and you're like pumping caffeine into your system because you can't like go, go, go all the time. Like plus the late nights with this guy, like staying up, going out. Like it was just too much. Um, So yeah, something, something had to change. Eventually we did work remote for advertising but it was like still that hours it's still the the they they expect you to work later sometimes when you're working remote they expect you to work like oh you could you're at home you're in your bed you can work 1 a.m 2 a.m like no so did you guys envision being a business owner at this point like let's we're not too covid or any of that yet yeah did you ever really envision being a business owner and being able to get away from that grind no he didn't, but yeah. I did. I always, like, we, we sort of, we, we bullshitted. We were like, maybe we can move to Hawaii and live our dream life and both just work remote and freelance and be wild and whatever we want to do. But that's kind of a hard thing to commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially but I've kids, always, family. like, yeah. I've always, like, my personality has been that I don't like rules. I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't like being confined in a box, in a space. Like, I don't like working for, like, I don't like a boss being like, this is not good enough or this is not whatever. Like, I wanted to work for myself and I wanted- Do you have ODD? (laughs) To an extent, yeah. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah. I think we benefited a lot because I was never career driven. So I fell into the career. I never fell in love with it. I didn't foresee myself being this high end advertising mogul or anything like that. So. I did the bare minimum pretty much every time. I would jump to get promotions as needed based on time, but I never really pushed myself because I never wanted to. So Yeah, but he says that, but you had many times where you would have like once every quarter or once every two quarters, you'd have a mental breakdown and be like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is not me. Like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like the family relies on the career that I don't want. The kids like I can't do this. This is what I wanted, though. Mm -hmm. And this is what the viewers need to watch is there are so many people out there who watch this and I know they watch either dreaming or they're a new business owner or they're the entrepreneur that wants to get to the entrepreneur world. Like there are so many people in that type of position that are hating life. And by the time they're 30 something years old, they're just on autopilot Mm because they need to show up. They think they need to pay their bills. And it's such a big hurdle for them to leap Mm -hmm. off that cliff and just give it a try. And you guys kind of backed into it, and we'll, we'll jump into that. But you guys were destined to do something different. So when did the whole buns thing start? I know you were still working full time. You could start that. So um, Nick, I think we'll start Christmas 2019. We wanted to do something special for our son's first Christmas. Nikki's grandma has a bunch of like awesome recipes. Like Nikki does like rainbow cookies every single year that we've incorporated that into our business she does cheesecake and she also had this cinnamon run recipe that we tried and we made them for her parents and her parents were like these are the best cinnamon runs like ever like you need to sell these and we're like we don't know i don't we've never we're not this is the first time we ever made it yeah. first time it was like a, a lost recipe that i just found in the back of my grandma's recipe book and we made it and, and my mom being the saleswoman she is she's like super like you have to sell them you have to sell them and we were like yeah 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 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially since I don't want to give my mom the satisfaction of knowing that, like, <laughs> that, like, I agree with her, like, whatever. This was all mom's business. This is all mom. I know she she'll take credit for it at any day of the week. Um, hey, it's better to have people like that in your life that are supportive versus pulling you back. Very don't true. Do it. Very true. And we've had many of those too. Um, but then, so what? What was the date? It was around around the pandemic, right? For what, when we actually became a business? When I when I wrote the post on Facebook. Yeah. So we, I think it was probably two to two and a half months after we made them. We were like, let's just throw it out there and see what the response is. Nikki posted, it was pandemic. No one wanted to see each other. I wasn't being extra careful. There was a curbside pickup page on, on Facebook, Facebook for Middletown Township with like 80,000 people on it. And Nikki was like, would anyone want like family, like small batch cinnamon buns? Like we make, we're, we're making them now. And the response was like immediate. And we were like, Mike Holy was freaking out. Shit, we can't make this. Yeah. I was like excited about it. I was excited about the response. There was like 20 or so people. And this was like, mind you, we made one batch of cinnamon buns for our family one time. And I'm telling Mike, I'm like, Mike, this is going to blow up. We're, we're going to be famous. We're going to be rich. This is crazy. You're going full all in, full throttle, and he's going to the Holy shit, I need to make side. this. How do we make this <laughs> He goes, holy shit, work? I've only rolled out one batch of buns. I need to make a lot of buns out of nowhere, and I am not prepared. Yeah. But. So I was like... Don't worry about it. You'll I have faith in you. You could do it. <laughs> and I'm like, you could do it. It's great. We'll we'll do it together. And so that's where it started. And we were basically doing this. It was a joke that it was like a drug deal, like a bun drop drug deal, where we would be in the Whole Foods parking lot out of the back of our trunk. We would open the trunk and people would come and they'd line up. And as people, as it got bigger, there was like bigger lines, bigger lines. The guys from the gas station would come over and be like, what the hell is going on here? What are you selling? What are you guys doing? Oh my God. My mom made the first sign for Mav's Top Buns. It was and made it of was paper. Literally just a giant white piece of paper with thin red horror film marker written Mav's Top Buns that I just taped on the side of my black car. It was. And we just rolled up and we we're like, well, there are the buns. They're in the back. They come are. on over. And it's been a wild ride ever since. But that just goes to show you that. As much as a lot of us, especially coming from the advertising world, put all this money, time, energy into aesthetics and marketing things perfectly, sometimes if you are just right place, right time with a great product, you know, you have the ability to scale and blow up real quick. Yeah. Social media gives you the opportunity to be whoever you want to be. And if you're real, you never know when it's going to catch fire. That Facebook group was huge, though, because there were so many local people that would write reviews. And they want to support. Yeah, and they want our support. And they would write it. And they'd be like, you have to get these. You have to get these. And so we were like, guess this is what we're doing. So we got a kitchen. And we were bringing Maverick and in his little tower with his breakfast. And Mike was like, doing the bonds and I was kind of helping him but I also was with Maverick and were you still working full time we were still working this was the weekends so we were working full time people were asking is this like you know whatever and we're like no it's not we're literally working Monday through Friday and it's almost gave us more confidence that way because we eased into it whereas like I was like I don't give a shit I'm gonna write what I want on social media I'm gonna say what I want on social media and it doesn't matter because at the end of the day I could always fall back on my nine to five. Mm-hmm. I could always fall back on what I'm doing. But it got so big to the point where we were like, we kind of need to make this jump. Mm-hmm. Like we either jump the, or this dies. It got the too demand big is for us. so yeah. big that even they say that on Shark Tank all the time. Like you guys, this is a beast that you're not taking care of right yeah. now and that's what was happening. So like let's just say from your first order to your fifth, how many buns were you selling? So the first time we started like fifteen trays which is eight cinnamon buns per tray per whatever weekend we decided to do a drop it was like every once a month once every two weeks we started 
Um, it consistently grew. We got like a random Google sheet for people to start filling out and we had to like, it got so big we had to start shutting it off to like, so people would stop placing orders. <laughs> and it got to the point once where Nikki had like a call, some remote call, I can't remember I was, what it was literally for. on the phone with my therapist. On the phone. <laughs> and, and I was like, she's like, I'm going on this call, tell, like, tell me like how it's going and it's gonna go live like during the call. And I burst into the room two minutes into her call being like, babe, shut it off. Shut it down. We're here. It's over. I can't do this. It's too much. (laughs) It was wild. And so it's just, it it started, the first round was too much for me right off the get go. The fifth round was too much for me. It's still too much for you. It's still too much for me. How many buns do we make in a day? Like when we do a drop, we do like 900, 1,000 buns. That's crazy. In one day, and this is this guy. Rolling it out, we have one employee who helped us. So I'm going to go backwards real quick. Power of social media. You know, that's why we're here today. Somehow, someway, I don't know how we got connected, but we got connected through the podcast. Yeah. And now we're sitting in my backyard. Yeah. Social media, I don't care if you're an established restaurant, plumbing business, crane business, whatever industry you're in, you should be on social media because the next generation is only operating that way. As well as, you know, there's a lot of the older generation that have now gone on there because they want to see their grandkids, they want to see their kids, and it's an easy way to follow the news as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I've built a digital infrastructure around Fireside. You guys have obviously figured different ways to, I'm sure, collect data. I'm sure you have a newsletter and everything else from social media. But it was one post that you made in one private group in Middletown that really blew you up and got your start. Mm -hmm. So everybody sometimes that's getting on there and they're doing the social media thing and they're like, I'm not getting any business. Like, just keep showing up because you never know that one post that goes six million views viral. Yeah, it's like also the keeping the tight lip about what you're doing too in some ways. Right. Not telling people certain things, but then also telling them everything at the same time. And then it gets a surprise for them. A hundred percent. Yeah. So for us, like, for instance, when we were working full full time and just doing the buns on the weekends, you know, we made it a very coy operation. So I was saying, like, I'm going to take this many orders, but nobody's going to know how many orders I'm taking. Mm -hmm. So people would start to be like, holy crap, how do I get these? Like, they were the most exclusive things. And we were like only making maybe 20 boxes a weekend, 15 boxes a weekend, 30 boxes. But it started to build so much that now I'm like booking weeks out, months out, (laughs) like because that's all we could do at the time. We didn't have the equipment. Then all of a sudden, the biggest thing that I I didn't even mention was that we got onto into Smorgasburg in Jersey City, which is like the biggest food festival. And the reason we got into that is because they opened it up to all the vendors and this was like a New Jersey City thing and I was like Mike we need to get in this this is going to be the biggest thing ever because I lived in Williamsburg Brooklyn it was huge there and I knew it was coming so I said to Mike I'm like we just have to do it so I brought the baby was strapped to me Maverick was with us we 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 didn't leave we couldn't leave our kids so we brought a box of cinnamon buns to them no no utensils no napkins no nothing we're like here you go and like, it was a food test. They had to taste everything before if they like to let you in. So they tasted it and they were like, okay, like they don't tell you anything. And we just went home. We were like, I guess that worked. I guess, you know, whatever. And they're like, well, can you make a thousand cinnamon buns? And we were like, yup. And then you had to figure that oh, out. We can't. <laughs> and I was like, yep, we can do it, Mike. We can do it. So, um, yeah, that was chaotic. And, and like, we ended up just completely screwing that whole festival. It was, it was horrible. Oh it went God, terribly. It was rough. Um, the, I lost half my icing the night before we were working till 2 a.m. And we were like, fuck it. We can't do this. We can't do this festival. Like we, we worked so hard to do this, but we were just in over our heads Mm -hmm. the morning of, we were like, let's just go and try and sell as much as we possibly can. We went to the festival. 
and people were waiting online. They were like, people have been waiting for you and asking about you because you were promoting so much. Like it was almost like I was so good at like promoting, but it was like yeah. a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, because then you're like, how can I fulfill this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because operations so, goes up, they gotta match sales, right? But even now, like, I mean, even after that chaotic thing, we still pulled it out. Like I was nursing Marley in between, like running back and forth. It was like a 90 degree day randomly. Um, and it ended up, we, we sold a lot and, and we learned a lot, but that's like the important part is that we learned. It was a huge, huge mistake, but we, we came back from it. Now we're in an, another festival this weekend and we know everything that we have to do. We know all the details. Well, you fail forward. That's all yeah. business. It's just, it's inaction that will keep you where you are. Yeah. You no, know, it's, it's taking action. Like, like how I got connected with some of these people. Now I'm connected with it was like, well, I hopped on a DM. I stroke somebody a check, and then yeah. I'm all of a sudden in these crazy rooms, and people want to come on my podcast. Yeah, it's that action that you guys took. Just be careful; that's right next that's to you. Right. Okay, it's that action that you guys took, and although it was not perfect, you learned a shit ton. What is the event you're going to this weekend? Uh, the Bougie Foodie Con. And where's that? Um, that's out of Fort Monmouth. Fort Monmouth. So yeah, and and uh, the Butcher's Block is going to be there. Yeah, the uh, people buy tickets and. Um, and it's like basically similar to like a smorgasburg. It's like a, food, a foodie event mm-hmm. that you go and there's a bunch of tents set up and our tent is going to be there and we're going to be selling like all types of stuff. Lobster buns, key lime pie buns, OG buns, which is our like original cinnamon that you, you had. We're there Saturday only. So Saturday it's, only, yeah. It's, it's funny because it still works with what we've tried to do with our business. So we're very family focused, clearly, as you could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've gotten our business to the point where it's we sell one day a week. We make it work with our family schedule. We make sure we spend time with our kids and we make it work. And it's driven up demand because there's only one time you can get it. We do the drop. You could pick up for like two hours total the entire week and that's it. If you don't show up, then you don't get buns. So it's it's all sort of just worked into that way. So I jumped ahead, but bringing you back quickly. Yeah. So COVID happens. You guys are now at home. You're running this business. You have a little bit more time on your hands and it keeps growing and growing. At one point, did you guys... And what conversation did you have between you guys to say, all right, let's take the full leap of faith and go into business ownership? Well, we almost sold the business. <laughs> we almost got rid of it all. We it almost got-, got rid of all. Like, we can't obviously say too much about that, but we almost got rid of it multiple times um, because we were like, it's too big. It's too much. We can't do it. So can you say a number that people were offering you? It was I, I, low. We were it was part low. time. Yeah. It was they nothing because we, hype. yeah, because we just didn't, we just wanted to, we just wanted to get rid of it. It was too much. But that night that we had, we, we laid in bed and we were like, what are we doing? This is insane. Like we have so much demand and we have so many people who are like on board with this. Like why the hell are we going to do this? And it's because honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, we were afraid of the amount of work. Mm-hmm. We were afraid of how much it was going to take out of us and out of our family to, to do that, to, to make that leap to mm-hmm. full time. It was going to be scary, but I wasn't afraid of that, of it being scary. I was afraid of it being like, holy shit, this is the most work we've ever done in our lives. Sm- we're used to coasting. Yeah. You know? Small business ownership is very much you're beat up all day and then you'll get quiet glimpses at night where you actually have clear train of thought and you sort of think about what you actually have versus the overwhelming amount of stuff you have to do. So instead of being like, wow, we can't even keep up with what we're doing day to day, we would lay there in bed like before the night we were supposed to sell the business. We were like, but look what we have. Look at what we're building. Like we can take this so much farther because you get like, you get clear insight when you're 
you move away from the noise for a little bit. You make room. Your capacity is only so much. You know, during the day, you get running around with the kids. You're working. You guys are yeah, working two you, jobs. Yeah, because you know, like with the kids, it's like, you're al- it's almost so much in your brain that like it just wants to explode. Yeah. I have the kids in my mind. I have all the appointments I have to make for them. Plus, I have the fact that I need to grow this business. I need to make social a post. media. I need to write. I need yeah. to do a video. And if I'm not feeling it for a day, I'm still doing it because I know that that's like the business. That's yeah. what my job. Yeah. That's my she job. She answers every single customer that reaches out to her on social media through Instagram. We get hundreds, and she's still answering them. Yeah. Even if it's the same question over and over again sometimes. And that's just, that's how we started, and that's why I'll never forget is like the support that we've had from we call them the bun cult but it's like these people that are that it's almost like they're my friends mm-hmm. they're but my they are they are you my built friends a virtual relationship yeah it really has become that so but over time a lot of your fans and I, and I hope they watch this like they have to understand you got to delegate and elevate yeah. and at some point like for example for me i keep saying when am i going to hand that over because again ryan's tonality ryan's quick Wait, yeah. or I'm hammering you on something because you need to hear the truth of like that stuff that people expect in the in the DMs as a return for me. Like, how does someone else replicate that? Right. So it's a little bit of a control factor from my end. Oh, it's tough. But as I continue to scale and I buy into these other businesses and my coaching group grows and my finance business grows, there's just it's impossible if I want to show up as a husband, a father, a good friend and good at all of my other roles for me to do everything in my business. So at some point, you, I'm sure your customers will love you and they'll understand that you yeah. can't answer. I mean, you have how many followers on Instagram now? It's like 21 something. And they're real followers. You know, there's a lot of people on Instagram. This is the other thing, real quick. For, for those of you who have a business and you're trying to use social media, you don't need 20,000. You can make money with 2,500 if they're the right 2,500. That's a lot so of people true. Will pay, I have people hit me up every day. Yo, you have these big names on your show, and we should at least get you to 20,000, 50,000 because you could buy your followers, as everybody knows. You guys have 100% engagement. That's crazy impressive. That's, and that's what happened because I was growing it slowly, and then it really started. There was a sweet spot of Instagram. There was a sweet spot in the years that we were building it during like COVID where we were getting. You weren't throttled as much ever. We weren't. We were getting like 15,000 likes. We were getting like 20,000 likes every per post. post, every single post. And literally I was shooting on an iPhone 8, yeah. iPhone whatever, 4. I don't even know what it was at the time. It was, it was a shit it's iPhone. Garbage. But we were getting so much engagement and that's really what started to build us. But the 6 million viewed. Um, video, which I was talking to you about is like, it was a risk that we took because it had, you know, fucking it multiple times. And it was really how showing who I am as a person, because it was like, you know, you might have haters, but give them a fucking show. That's the fucking vibe, like being so real about it. (laughs) And there are people commenting like cinnamon rolls has haters, like, (laughs) like, because it's like, but people like they, they make comedy out of it. Yeah. You know, there's others that understand the position you're in. Yeah. And then there's your haters that are also talking, you know, all PR is good PR. Yeah. We've got got some haters. That's the one thing that I hate about, about some small business owners, like they say to you, um, like, oh, who cares? Oh, who cares about this? Oh, who cares? You know, like if people are copying you, oh, who cares if they're taking, and to me, like as a writer, if somebody took what I said word for word and posted that on the internet or publish it, that's fucking plagiarism. Well, I have that. And I, I won't say who it is, but I literally have somebody like, 
I'll put up something and like it will be almost verbatim what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they say imitation is supposed to be flattery, and I think there's a, there's a part of a Drake song. I listen to a lot of different music, and he says it's but it's starting to annoy me. Yeah. A- and yeah. You know, th- that's social media. It's a copycat world. Um, it happens in NFL, right? If the defense starts to work, you know, now you know, 28 other teams in the NFL are, are running yep. that defense. Um, I always you should one, take it as a compliment, but I, I understand the I frustration. I do. It gets it gets frustrating because we spend so much time like working through. But you'll it. always be a step ahead of them because they don't have your creative brain, and that's what I always know. You could take some stuff from me now, but that's where I've become more close lipped even with people around me, of what I'm gonna do next. Yep. And and that like the writing I did today, like no one can do that because they can't write from Ryan's perspective. Right, exactly. And they're not gonna be able to write from Nikki's perspective. And they're not gonna be able to bake and be a mad scientist like Mike does. So let them keep copying you, you know? Yeah, and there's this one quote that like, I really resonate with me anytime I think about like the competition, like copying us or whatever thing, like I, it's like focus on your customer, not your competition. And mm-hmm. I keep thinking like my customers are the most loyal freaking people out there. And and that is what I focus on. And if they're not being loyal, whatever, that that we're focusing on how can I make it better for them? How can I make it better for them instead of thinking like, how can I do it better than this person? How can I how can I like take them down because they're copying me? Like, no. I'm so not I do launched that. a coaching group called the Pit. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. Mm-hmm. But I saw all these other coaching groups out of there. I saw a lot of fraudulent people and there's some great coaching groups out there too. But my main income is driven by my finance business. I don't need coaching. Coaching is the passion project. Mm -hmm. And when you flip it on, at times it's very frustrating to me, and I have vocalized it of like, why isn't more of my friends who are successful getting in? It's $127 a month. I don't need your money. It's more about the other things that you can bring to the table inside the group, Mm -hmm. right? But I just need to focus, and I always remind myself on a daily and weekly basis, focus on the people who are already paying in there. Yeah. Because the more you help them win, the more that's going to organically grow. And you guys know that, too. But I get the frustrations because I'm the same way. I'm like, these motherfuckers, <laughs> you know. But I want to go to a quick break. Okay. We'll hop back into the story. This has been great. Taking a quick break in the podcast, I want to talk about the Pit 2.0. What is the Pit 2.0? It's made up of a huge network of people across all different industries that are solving problems, creating solutions, and also bringing together a lot of marketing and sales ideas. If you want to get into a Pit group like this, it's very inexpensive, $147 a month. If you want to learn more about it, check out the links and the information below. So jumping back in, you know, this is obviously extremely busy time in your life, two young kids, you're going to these types of events. You're pushing out thousands of buttons a month. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys line up your day as a family, husband and wife, and business owners? Yeah, so basically, it's just, it's chaotic most of the times. So when we first started, we had zero routine, zero schedule. And in the morning, like we would just wake up and be like, oh, like we were a little overwhelmed because every day was a nine to five. Like that was your routine. So now you have to make your own routine and you're like, uh, what, what do, do I, I do? do? So, um, yeah. So our routine is basically like Monday, Tuesday. I do icing at certain like we go for breakfast right in the mornings on Monday. Where do you go? Uh, we usually go to Cardinal down in Asbury. Or we go to, we go to toast. Like we've gone toast. to toast. Yeah. She's the, the best. best. The best. Um, we go to the diner every now and then it's like kids choice. And then we come home. I usually make icing Monday, Tuesday time. Mike does dough on Wednesdays, rolls out Thursday, Friday, bakes Friday night. So Mike's Friday is insane because he's rolling out. And then at night he goes to bake at the bakery. He's there until one, one or 2 a.m. So what time do you start? 
Start what? <laughs> Baking? <laughs> Baking, yeah. Uh, it varies sometimes, it be, but we work out of another kitchen right now, so mm. our schedule is largely dependent on someone else. So yeah. I'll go in there at eight or nine o'clock, depending on how much I have going on. Mm. The team will roll up with me. I have to wait for the, the bakery to close down so I can go in. How um, many people are on your team that come help you with that process? We have 10 part-time people, but it's wow. very part-time. It's extremely. Wow. But mind you, these women are the, they're, it's mostly moms, mostly people. And like, they're coming and devoting their Friday night to, to us, to like coming. And I mean, granted, like they're employees, but still it, it's, it's wild how even like our oldest, you know, longstanding employee, Michelle, like she's been with us for three years. And she's like, yep, Friday night I'm in. Saturday morning, you want me to come to the drop? I'm in. Like, I'm here. Well, they're all in on you. And, and what you're about yeah and your your bungle yeah <laughs> right. like it's bun like goal. it's it's true it's crazy to say but like that's why you have that level of commitment it's it's a testament to actually who you guys both are yeah going back to the scheduling discussion so we have built this business in a way that's very much aligned around what we want to do so we've kept it exclusive we only bake once a week so we're able to focus our what we have to do for the business on specific days and we get it done. But the kids are with us the whole time. They're not going outwardly. No one's taking care of them but us. So we are the one, if, if she's doing icing, I'm watching the kids. If I'm doing rollouts, she's watching the kids. So there's always, like we're always busy doing something or another. So yeah. the ability to keep it flexible, we don't have a hard calendar. We have days that we have to do things. We don't have times that we have to do things. Mm -hmm. So if we have, a an interview to do if we have a discussion or a meeting about a potential space we throw it on because it works and we've kept it flexible we can work around that maybe you do so, the interview in the morning you have to do your work yeah. in the afternoon exactly so, i do the same exactly sometimes he panics though a little bit like he you do like your routine you like everything to be like exactly how you want it exactly which <laughs> i day. was the scheduler for my entire it's life i'm a person in pharma Me, like, so let's i have go to, to the beach I literally was the one I'm throwing on client meetings. I'm throwing on internal team meetings. I'm throwing on finance meetings. I'm throwing on my meetings. Like it's, yeah. I've always been that guy. So I've yeah. had to try to carry it over a little bit. But now I don't have a digital meeting operator. calendar to throw it on because we have like an onboard calendar on like our wall that I can write things on. That's been really helpful to get like a whiteboard that I just write every single thing down, whether it's the kids' doctor's appointments or whatever. Like I was never a let's write everything down kind of person, but it's really helpful to see like, Holy work, shit, we've got like a big, workflow. it's a workflow and like, you know, even things for the following months, like all the collaborations we do, it's really helpful to have. Um, they have great little softwares for that too. I know. Like I probably projects. should be like more digital. It's not even, like cra <laughs> it's not even crazy, like complex. Yeah. It's something that we actually recently started to implement more because it's just so helpful. Like we have different events going on, different client stuff. I, I now have five different businesses. So like there's yeah. different things going on everywhere. You have mm -hmm. to stay organized, that's even when you're not that kind of person. That's like, Mike. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not either. I know I need to, but that's why I have people that, that help me do it. Yeah. That's why the whiteboard for us though, because we're, we're a bakery. So outside of social media, everything's physical. Mm -hmm. So we're not on a computer, on an Outlook, like a typical corporate job. I want a smart job. board. One day a smart board, a smart board will be, be there. Great. That would be nice. But like we need to both be able to see something 24 seven because we don't have scheduled hours to go on a computer to check emails, to mm -hmm. go on our calendar to see what meetings we have. Mm -hmm. If it's on the whiteboard, we can just, we're with the kids. What's on the whiteboard for today? There it is. We, that's the time we got to do it. But you could also pull it up on your phone and have it right that's there. True. We can, exactly. We can, but we have to commit to pulling it up on our phone versus just, oh, let's take a quick look there. Yeah, but there. your phone's always with you anyway. It's true, but it's hard to take that next step. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this back on you and flip it on you a little bit to challenge you slightly. Go for it. You guys are all about family, there's no mm -hmm. doubt. So when I first got connected and you guys were talking about coming on, I checked you out, I'm like, they're family, they're, they're a lot like what I want to accomplish, right? 
and something I wrote out today and like my message and my core values is one of them being know what you want and then work backwards from there. Mm -hmm. You guys knew that you wanted family. Don't you want more family time? Don't you want to go to that Marley Beach in California more? Don't you want to surf more? Don't you mm -hmm. want to be into your hobbies more? Be able to go to college and visit college with your kids? You got to automate, optimize everybody. And the more we're not doing it, we're just banging our heads against the concrete wall. And it's a little bit of like, we're already so busy and now we got to learn to implement this, which I get. But again, it's delegate, elevate, hire. And uh, I think you would find more of that free time to really do what you guys like to do most, which is spend time with your kids. I agree. There, if we did that, it would definitely help in some ways. It's more like, do we, are we constantly going? Mm -hmm. Or do we take a step back and, you know, whatever happens, happens in the morning. And then we'll pick up work in the afternoon. It's kind of like, we could probably schedule it so that some days are like that. But it's hard to take that away when like every day we feel like we need it a little bit. Because mm -hmm. yes, we are, we're, we're extremely family oriented. It gets overwhelming every single day. <laughs> yes. Because that's how kids are. But that we love every second of it still. But yeah, but I, I get what he's saying in, in a lot of ways because eventually there's a lot of times where we're like, we're burnt the fuck out. Mm -hmm. We need to like take act, a break, take a break. And like, because it's just me and him pretty much, you know, like they, we have help on bake days, but it, because it's just mostly me and him, we're like, we need to take a week off. Like we need to just take a week. But like, if we had those people who are delegating, we don't have to take that week off. We can like take the week off, but like they're still working yep. and our business is still running. That's the hard part is delegating. It's hard to give up the power. Mike is like the wizard when it comes to cinnamon buns, but we have been training people. So once we get Repeatable to that step- process that yeah. you lay out. This is what you do. You don't touch the pan with four fingers. You pick it up with love with two and you give it a kiss and you tell them you're gonna cook good buns today. And then you're gonna slap it down like this and you're gonna do X, Y, and Z. Really that is hard. a repeatable process that anybody could do. I know you're the wizard, but you just need to give me your wizard tricks and then it's I true. can make the buns. It's true. So I just look at all small businesses and these I like to just bring out nuggets. This isn't me telling you what to do, but I have discovered this in my business. If I wanna to go to this good shark private equity coach level, then I have to automate and optimize my entire business for, for all of the businesses. Patriot Payments, you know, finance, the coaching group, the podcast, um, or I'm never gonna actually get to what I want, which is more travel with my family. You know, me, I'm a mountain guy. My wife and I wanna build a beautiful cabin of our dreams mm -hmm. in Vermont or the Catskills. We go up every winter four or five times a year and rent like sick cabins. I want to be able to do that more and still know my business is running. Yeah. I, th I, th I think sometimes automation is tough in terms of you feel like you're not at the step to automate yet. Mm -hmm. It feels like we need to take the next step, a huge jump, and then we can automate. It's kind of hard to sort of make it work with where we currently are, and we feel like that's a tough, to, a tough hump to get over. I promise you it's the best time to do it. You think scaling up more and getting more busy is going to be easy to implement automation and optimization? Dude, it, it will get worse. That's very true. It, it's like, these are all the things that I've pushed off for years. Again, not, not a, a coaching session. I just think as business owners, a lot of times we don't look at ourselves as big business. 
but we're no different. It's just more or less zeros. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing I've always been into branding. Like I've been rocking my boy Duraplex's hoodie just because everybody loves the salmon and they got jokes. And I started buying these flat brim hats because everybody's got jokes. Like I want to keep people talking. Mm -hmm. But Duraplex is out all the time. Fireside hoodies out all the time. You guys have your customized Nikes on right now that are like buns, right? Like we're still a brand. We're not Nike with the swoosh, right? But I have the Fireside logo. I have WCC logo. You guys have mav top buns so like we should be thinking and operating like big business all the time we just have less zeros uh, just the way i always perceived it no i agree with you i think that that is very helpful i always thought of us as a big business even when we were so small i always thought of us as like this is how this is where mavs top buns is going and we just have a bunch of steps that we have to do to get to that point i i, I see you as total big vision like really like you could take this and you know and that's really what i want to jump into next is where do you see this like going like what's the how do you keep the the new content coming how do you keep you know buns right there's only so many ways you can make buns like what is the next step for you guys so as far as the product goes um the flavor combinations are endless it's like donut you know, mm -hmm. there are a million donut combinations, a million flavor combinations, but it's different for us because we're using the dough in different ways. Like explain that, that, cause that's like really important. Like the, your babka. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's, the dough is a canvas, right? So it doesn't have to be cinnamon bun. It could be whatever you want it to be. It's, we have a very specific way we make brioche. So that's what is used in our dough using our specific recipe. So that can be made into literally anything. I have a babka that we make that's a loaf that is like my personal favorite thing I make. I don't sell it. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of love, and it's hard to bake that in terms of timing-wise to match a bun because it's in a loaf pan, it's heavier, it's a lot bigger. So for like the festival that we're doing next week, we're turning that into like sticks. So it's walkable. So it's like a, a what, like an eight-inch babka stick that you can dip in icing and it still has everything you want it to be. So you just need to manipulate it in different ways for us. Um, which that's like the biggest thing for us. Like when we come up with these flavors, um, that's what separates us from other bakeries. It's like, we don't say, what would the customer want to eat? We go, what would, what do we like to eat? And like, what do we eat in the summer? A lobster roll. Okay. What do we eat in the summer? Key lime pie. Like, what do we love? Like there's nostalgic flavors that come with these buns that like, we're making them like elevated. We're making them cool again. It's not mm -hmm. like grandma's cinnamon bun. It's like grandma's cinnamon bun if she had like tattoos and a nose ring. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so. It's 2023. It's 2023. So, and, and that's why with like the babka, okay, babka is really good. But like when you're walking around a festival, why am I going to, I'm not going to carry a babka, a piece of babka yeah. with me. I'm going to, I want it as a stick. So like that was how we came up with that too. Um, it's creative. Yeah. So we. So in the, the future. Same, this, so beyond the. 20 plus flavor combinations we still have and want to implement for buns i have the same idea for every product that we do and we are going to continue to grow our products both buns and not we do a brown butter toffee chocolate chip cookie and i have a million ideas for how to implement those in different ways the babka can be implemented in a ton of different ways we have a lot of different things that you have like your cheesecake recipe i love every single year we have a million things that we can go into do you but guys like, see this as like 5,000 square foot bakery retail front or do no. you see this as like no retail no retail like like warehouse yeah like, so something more like that we always saw it that way something without a face something that you can't just like walk in and be like I'll have one cinnamon bun and a coffee and I'm gonna sit there for five hours and like 
like I said, our goal is always like optimizing time with our family, optimizing time as a business. And so like for me, I'm not going to pay somebody to sit there for 12 hours to keep the lights on like for no reason. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea of it being a kind of a hub where we make a ton of freaking buns and then either they ship out, they um, people we do drops here. We do drops up north in North Jersey. We do drops by the beach. And then basically once we saturate New Jersey, now we have, you know, eat clean, bro, you know, like the way that they do, like with Mm -hmm. their um, you know, vans going out to all different places. Um, We've done so shipping before. You're, so we you're going to create a distribution center. I should connect you with Bennett, who owns Dirty Dough, uh, which Keaton, the muscle from Diesel Brothers, also has a percentage in that company. But he built the distribution center before we started to sell the franchises. Wow. So they could distribute the cookies efficiently. Yep, and you could do it anywhere. Like, people were saying you could sell this to pizzerias. Like, pizzerias, now they have the ability to bake because our buns are very unique and, like, they freeze well whether they have the icing on them or whether they're like take and bakes where there's like no icing, totally raw. You can freeze them and then now ship them out to like whatever pizzerias, other bakeries that want to sell us. And now Coffee you're like, shops. now you're everywhere. Yeah. And now you're doing it on such a large scale. So that's really the that's where it needs to go. Vision. Yeah. yeah. We've thought about like Cousins Maine Lobster, how they have like a fleet of food trucks and they take them wherever they want to go and they can go anywhere in the US. It's cold up here. We don't have to be up here. We can go down south. We can go west. Um, there's a million things we could do, honestly. Well, Shipping is a huge thing that well, we really want to do. So. Dirty Dough's other thing is they you could buy a franchise as a food truck, which is obviously much more efficient, you know, cost-wise than buying a whole store build out. It's a lot more flexible. <clears throat> yeah, so you guys could, like, literally, it could be that big. Like, I wouldn't even, like, sleep on it. Like, go sell that vision to a VC or a big investor and scale as fast as you can because you guys both have the brains again i'm not an expert i just see it in you i see your love for it and you you guys are all about family and obviously you built this following that is is staying with you and if you built it this quick in this little hub of ocean monmouth county new jersey and again i know you have you know this woman that flew in from ohio and people who drive up from virginia don't get me wrong but your main business is here Imagine if other people start seeing what you're doing more. Look at the cookie concept. Right. Crumble. Crumble, Mm -hmm. Dirty dough. Right. And those two actually, I I think, are in a big lawsuit. But, you know, stupid things like the, you know, I don't want to say stupid, but pliables, ice Mm -hmm. cream centers, like these things, Yo Nuts, another one a friend of mine launched out in Utah. Like, you guys could really, really... I love what you guys are doing. Thank you. We appreciate appreciate it. I really do. We see the future for it. And like I said, you know, it's always scary to take the next step when you have no fucking clue what you're doing. But, like, I... I like to think that we surround ourselves with good people that are going to give us, like, a lot of advice. I was going to say the right team. So, it's true. You need to lean on people. You really do. There's a lot of things that we just have zero idea about. Going from pharma to, like, culinary... Literally, we don't know anything. We didn't know anything. So we had to be told by thousands of different people and different outlets and how do we grow, what is required, what can we not go without. What licenses you need, what yeah. like, you know, and at the time when we were- Following uh, food and enforcement. Yeah, and all that code. stuff. Um, even with, with Monmouth County when we did curbside, there were a lot of people in the comments that I was like, fuck these people that like, why are they trying to blow up our spot? Cause they were like, you need this and you need that and you need this. Like, you're, and, like, not you, you're not a real business. You're not, business. You're not allowed to post in this page. But That's in the hindsight, they're, they're the reason we got to where we are. But they are the reason because I would, I'm like, oh shit. Like I didn't know we needed all this. So now I went back and we were like, we need an LLC. We need to make this legit. So we did. Yeah, guys, thanks for telling me what I need to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll send you a copy, a receipt. <laughs> yeah.
so, you know, like what I like to do, rolling it to an end usually is ask two questions. I like to try to be as consistent as I can be with this. Some podcasts, you know, too many bourbons go in or we're just all over the map. But and I want you both to answer them. Uh, the first one is if you could tell any person who was in that soul sucking job. And it's so funny you said that because I say that all the time like you guys were and not feeling you had f- real freedom to, to live the life that you desired. If you could tell them one thing to take that leap of faith sooner than maybe even you guys did, what would you tell them? You go first. Find what you do well that you enjoy and start small because it, everything starts from, you have to build what you want from, from wherever you begin, right? The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step is like the famous quote. Um, if you don't begin, you'll never get to where you wanna go even if you don't know where you're going, you need to start from somewhere. So begin, do what you do well, continuously improve, find people that you like that are real and just, you never know where it's gonna take you. That's great advice because I think with social media nowadays, uh, it's also can be a curse because you see other businesses start and all of a sudden they, they, you know, they're a $50 million startup. They ain't a normal startup. You only see the success. Yeah. So uh, that's actually a great one. I love that. I would say for us in particular, and giving that advice to someone, I always say to build your brand first and find out your why before you find out your how. So like (laughs) for us, it was like, what do we want out of life? And we wanna have freedom. And it's like, how do we get there? And it's like, we have this huge demand for cinnamon buns. Um, So that's how we created what we created. And like- And you're enjoying it. And we're enjoying it. Yeah, and you never know where, hey, you guys can have a distribution center crushing and you guys are doing a hundred, you know, million dollars a year, and maybe you go off and you start surf camps or mm-hmm. other things that you guys are really interested in. Finance was not my passion. It was just a, you know, a lever that I could pull on and bring in money that then gave me the stepping stone to fund all of this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do it without that first step. Um, but those are both great ones. Second one. Uh, I know you guys are big on the collab game. We talked about Jersey Freeze. Um, you guys may or may not have a collab going on soon. I don't know if I was allowed to say that. Yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> um, but give us two business owners or three business owners each or a bunch you want to rattle off that you guys do some collabs with, you 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 deal with all the time, and you want to give some love to their business. I'll let you go first this time. Oh, man, there's there's literally so many. So like Nicholas Creamery. We're always collabing with them. And they they took a chance on us when we were nothing. We were doing 20 trays a weekend. And um, Jody in particular, like she ran their social media. Now she's partner with Nicholas on Nicholas Creameries. And she just like constantly was always pumping us up, always, you know, giving us other people to reach out to. Um, she, she's wonderful. Uh, Jamie gotta- for me, clean bro, always giving me advice. He's the, the man and the absolute best person to go to for someone who your small business trying to grow big like he loves to help he's he's actually coming to the men's retreat he's gonna be running a station cooking some food yeah and he's also just like the kindest person and the most down-to-earth person which i think is important like as you grow to like always remember like that not everybody is as like big as you know and and life will humble you quick yeah you know jamie has gone through some tough times too you know covid and food costs and his build out and we're you know none of us are you know, invincible. Yep. And Jamie definitely. always remembers, you know, where he came from. I love that about yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Sonia, gotta, Sonia Sumner also yeah, drew, drew and Sonia, um, who 
our, our attorneys, like they have helped us so many times through just like navigating the world of like leasing and all this yeah, kind of like, stuff. We don't and do this. Genuinely they're, they're saved us. They genuinely saved us multiple times over. They're just like genius people. Not saved us Not in terms of us, like. Just giving us such like. Sound advice. Yeah, it's hard to find a lawyer legal that <laughs> yeah. you really, really trust. And they are genuinely you understand. some of the best, nicest people that we've ever met. Yeah, it's important um, to have that loyalty and trust. Yeah, got to shout out to Lair Shields. Um, oh, Steve, yeah. Eric, Talercio are the nicest people. They're a staple in Middletown, been around mm -hmm. for my entire life. I gotta get up there for a second. They're the nicest yeah. people. I see it's, those guys ripping. I know they do it up there. That's how they actually are. Yeah. Every fucking day they do this. They're that's just he has so genuine. much energy. I'm like, how does this guy have so much energy? They're just like they have a line out the door on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday. It's crazy. <sighs> I gotta go up there the for a sub. Yeah, I really do. Fried rafts. I'm sure I'm missing I, some. I, I always hear about the fried rafts. I gotta get that too. Yeah. Anybody else you want to give love to? Oh, man. I'm Matt sure. from the Baker's Grove. Oh, of course. Yeah. The Baker's Grove in Shrewsbury, they've been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So it's, they're just, he's so nice. Um, he's helped us immensely from a business standpoint. Yeah. I, I mean, there's probably so many. I'm it's missing, endless. But, yeah. yeah. What's some other big future collabs you have going on? Oh, and, and actually, we didn't touch on this. I want to bring it back real quick before we shut it down. Is you guys are on Coach Cowers. Um, pre-game show on the yeah. pre-game show mm -hmm. he, he brings in small business owners from around the area for CBS you're also brought in by the Jets mm -hmm. you guys are doing some type of collaboration I think for you're their doing, draft day and you're doing it again something else right yeah they so they were planning on it um, probably for the next game that they win is <laughs> gonna be our little treat our buns is a treat we're using celebration yeah, and, and that, the craziest thing was how we met, the how we got that connection. Um, we were up in Montclair, and I was with my dad randomly, which I'm never with my dad. Mike couldn't come. My dad was helping me. My dad's like 60 years old with a heart, you know, like he's helping me out. And I, this woman came to pick up, and she had an official Jets, you know, sweatshirt on. And I joked with her. I was like, oh, are these going to the Jets? Like, are these going to the New York Jets? And she was like, no, my husband's the director of football operations, though. And I was like, holy crap. So I ended up getting a message from her later on. She's like, my husband actually like is interested in connecting with you. Would you like give give us your information? And then the rest is history. We, you know, set things That's up. He got us nice. like a bunch of merch, like really, really nice they're people. They're super nice. Yeah. So it's just it's just those lucky things that happen from you just like connecting with people. Yeah. Being out there, putting yeah. yourself out there. Yeah. True. Yeah. So any other big collabs coming up? We're in talks, but nothing I don't think we can formally say yeah the jersey jersey freeze thing was kind of like a little too early but it's maybe fine. a little early but that's okay um, <laughs> that's my bad <laughs> no no it's fine it's fine it's very exciting um we have another Tulare shields collab coming up in june um we were supposed to be going to colorado for a special collab with this new bakery that's opening up um we got to see if we can actually make it out there but um that's gonna be really fun too so they they come up as they come up and it's it's like it's it, they get bigger and bigger each time That's and awesome. it blows my mind. But well, listen, I'm rooting for you guys. Thank I you. Really am. Appreciate it. I, I'm hoping that like Instagram corrects itself and like I start seeing people's stuff. I actually started to unfollow a bunch of people that I just don't really engage with. Yeah. Um, not that I'm mad at them, but it's just like I'm not following their content right now, mm -hmm. in hopes of kind of seeing more stuff, more of the business owners, more of the people in my my group. 
So uh, I'll be rooting and watching. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. This was fun. Cheers. We'll be back. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. The next part. Got to come dig in that sand pit. (laughs) You guys are welcome anytime. Come by the pool, have some beers, the kids. Thank you. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.